You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Well, good morning, Radiant Church. So good to see all of you here and those watching online. Hey, before we get into our message this morning, which is a great message, by the way, I want to just take a few moments to celebrate, to really soak in what God is doing in Radiant Church and through Radiant Church. You know, as we look around in our world, we see a lot of darkness. There's a lot of bad things happening right now. But God is doing some incredible things. And I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like this wave of momentum um, lately in the church, within our church specifically, just a couple of weeks ago, right? VBS, 70 kids, 70 volunteers, an amazing week, right? So families were impacted. I believe that young people's lives were, were, were impacted for eternity. And then yesterday, you guys, three locations, 100 volunteers, that's unreal. That is unreal. And so, listen, God is doing some amazing things in the church. Shout out to Laura Arnold as well for her amazing work organizing and setting all of this up for us. It takes so much time and dedication and hard work to make these events take place. And we have an incredible team here at Radiant Church. So I just want to celebrate, you guys, what God is doing because so many churches, listen, slow down during the summer and Radiant Church. I feel like we're just putting our foot on the gas uh, this summer, and it's absolutely incredible. And I'm so encouraged because Jesus said that he would build his church, right? The gates of hell would not prevail, and that means there's no demon in hell that will slow down the church. And so be encouraged with that, and I want to encourage you as well. If you have not participated in VBS or if you did not participate in Serve Day, man, now is the chance to just go all in in the local church, right? Go all in because right now we're living in the last days. We are living in dark days. So go all in because the, the local church is the hope of the world. Okay, that's my quick spiel for this morning. This morning we have a special guest. He's a friend of mine. He's a brother. He's a comrade. We've laughed many times. We haven't cried yet together, but that might happen eventually, right? And um, he's been with us several times. He came with us first when we were at Banger Central Elementary. They launched their church in Guadalajara, Mexico in 2019. <laughs> Pastor Edgar Gomez and his wife Erica are here with us today. They have an incredible family, such a beautiful family. And would you help make some noise, show some love to Pastor Edgar Gomez? Thank you, Pastor Marco. Hola, Radiant Church. <laughs> wow, we have some Spanish speakers in here. This is great. Muy bien, pues hoy vamos a estar hablando de... No, no, should I just stop right there? I could, I could probably do it. Somebody would probably go right along with me on this. And so, but I tell you what, it is such a privilege and an honor to be here. Um, I want, before I get into anything else, I want to say, Pastor Marco, Pastor Kerry, thank you so much for your friendship and your support, and you all for your generous, generosity and love. 
I bring you greetings from your south of the border family, Radiant Church, Iglesia Radiante, right, in Guadalajara. So we're so grateful. We were, um, we were out because of the pandemic down there. We were out for 16 months. We couldn't meet in person, right? And it's crazy. We, 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 we launched after a year uh, of, of being a church. We went into online church and learned a lot. And, uh, and then a year ago this Sunday, so the third Sunday of July, we relaunched in-person gatherings weekly. So God is doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, uh, I had a report from my team and I think uh, so far this year, there's been 91 first time decisions for Jesus at Radiant Church down there. And I say all that to say that you all are an incredible part of it. Thank you for doing what you do, the way you do it, who you are is impacting Mexico. So thank you guys so much, uh, for, for doing that with us. Um, today I am really excited to, to chime into this, the book of Acts series. I hope you guys have been enjoying it. I've caught, I was checking out some of those online and, and man, it's been so good. You know, the book of Acts is so foundational for our faith for our Christian walk, for, for who we are supposed to be as a church. The book of Acts is so important, so I'm just excited to, to, to be a part of this. And then when Pastor Marco asked me to share on Acts 19, this is where, where we are as a church, this is where you're at, right? Acts 19, I was like, ooh, that's awesome! Because <laughs> there's a lot of cool stuff that happens in Acts 19, like including a big old mess in the city of Ephesus, right? Because some idol makers, you know, got mad that people are following Jesus and stuff. But the, the beginning of this, if you, if you have your Bible, we go to Acts 19 with me. I, I just sense that God was inviting us to, to step into this, this focus of how, the great, how we have a great benefit as followers of Jesus in the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit that the first six verses talk about. Now, new life in Christ Jesus is the greatest gift of grace God has ever given us. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen on that one? Yes? Right? But did you know that God didn't want us to live powerless? After this one experience of salvation, which is the most important thing, He wanted us to step into a, a life of power or a life in His strength rather than on our own strength, right? So there is salvation, but what I want to share with you about today is that there is more. Somebody say it with me out loud there is more. My question is do you want the more? All right. Oh, man, this is good. All right. So, so Acts 19 takes place in the city of Ephesus, right? Ephesus was a, a huge center for culture and, and, and commerce and politics. It was like the New York City of the Roman Empire, right? And they're, they're, they had a, a, a massive focus on idol worship there. They worshiped the Greek, Greek, Greek goddess Artemis, or the Romans knew her as Diana, right? And, um, and so, so not only was it a, a busy, bustling town or city, but there was a lot of darkness. Pastor Marco was just talking about that. There's a lot of darkness in that city. And Paul knew, the great apostle knew that believers would need something beyond, beyond their own strength to navigate successfully in their Christian walk, living in a city like that. Now, you and I live in a culture that's very much like Ephesus. So many things. Come on, can I, can I, get, a, in a, can I get a, that's right. <laughs> but you guys are doing great. You guys play really well along. This is great. I love it. So, but, but there's a lot of things happening in our culture. Come on. You know this is true. That are trying to navigate or, or push people away from truth in Christ Jesus. And so being a Christian on our own strength in, our, in the culture, in the day and age that we live, 
It's kind of hard. We, we need something that's more, that's bigger, right, than what you and I have in and of ourselves. And God knew that, so he, he gave it. And then Paul, in Acts 19, verse 1, says, When Paul was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and, and asked them, Hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, No. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, this is sad. Somebody, I think somebody just said, Wow. Yes. Wow, how sad is this, right? Now, I got to share this with you. I didn't grow up as a, as, a, as a follower of Jesus. I didn't grow up in this kind of environment where I was taught the word and, and, and somebody took us through the book of Acts with, you know, thoroughly and patiently. I, I didn't grow up with this, right? So, so I'm familiar when, when somebody says, hey, I didn't even know that there's Holy Spirit. I know what that's like. Anybody in here with me? Yeah, you kind of you kind of grew up. I mean, I grew up in a in a in a traditional religious tradition, right? In a re- religious environment, and I knew about God, but I didn't know God. I actually grew up in the city where we now serve, and and I know that that city in Guadalajara, the vast majority of people know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus personally. <laughs> we're hoping to make a difference in that, right? And so 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 I know what they were saying when they man, we haven't even heard. Unfortunately, there's still some people today that would say that. Now, so Paul asked them, hey, then what baptism did you receive? And they replied, John's baptism. And so Paul says again, John Baptist, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus, right? So on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, how many, how many can say with me out loud, salvation? That right there? That was their salvation experience. That was a salvation moment for these people in Ephesus. And, and it goes on, though, because there's more. Right? It goes on because, that's right. It says, so when Paul placed his hands on them, here comes the more. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Holy Spirit, we need you right now. Come and give us revelation of your word, the truth that sets us free. Thank you for letting us look into your word with the freedom that we can do here now. Spirit of God, have your way in every one of us. And don't let us leave this place the same way we came in. But let us be closer to the image that you have for each and one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. This, what happens here in Acts 19, the first six verses, It's a significant and consistent pattern you and I will see all over the New Testament, right? It happens over and over again. There is salvation, and we're grateful for that. That is the, the ticket, right? That is the the admission ticket. We we need that. But there is more that God had in mind for his people. And and so what is this? What is this more? (laughs) When when we see this, this text, it's talking about, the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's referred to in many different ways. But the more is, if you're a note taker, the more is, number one, it's the power source for life in Christ. We absolutely need this. Matthew 3, verse 11, John the Baptist was, was, was saying this, was speaking and says, I baptize you with, wa- with water, those who, are, who repent of their sins and turn to God. Somebody say salvation. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. Who, who was he talking about? 
Yes, that's right. You're a well-Bible-taught church. Here we go. So he says, he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, usually when you see the word fire or oil in the, in the Bible, it's talking about God's power, right? He's not going to come and burn you literally like third-degree burns. No, no, no. He's talking, we don't want that, right? He's talking about God's power. And that word baptize in the Greek means to immerse completely. It's baptizo, right? So he's talking about immersing us completely in the Holy Spirit, in his power. But more than that, and this is very important, he's talking about immersing us into a relationship with the Holy Spirit that impacts every area of our life. And how many know we need that? See, this relationship gives us the power that you and I don't have in and of ourselves to witness about Jesus, right? To resist temptation. And we all have to do that in some ways. And to overcome the enemy, right? To fulfill God's purpose for our lives. We can't do that without the power of God in the Holy Spirit living in our lives. Now, that's, that's the number one reason why we, why we need this. We need this more. It's, it is the power source for Christian living. Number two, it's the fulfillment of God's promise, right? This is so cool because this is where prophecy and the, and the fulfillment of promise becomes such a real thing in our lives. It's not like we don't have to just read about this happening thousands or hundreds of years ago. This is something that you and I can have that is directly connected to prophecy that was spoken hundreds and thousands of years ago, right? The prophet Joel talk, talked about the church experiencing this stuff. So this is, this is the last thing Jesus says before completing man's redemption, right? Humanity's redemption and going to heaven. This is the last thing he says over in Luke chapter 24. So I'm going to give you, I hope you're okay with this. I'm going to give you lots of scriptures today so you can write them down and then study this out at home because this is, this is going to help you. I pray this will bless you. But in Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, look, I'm going to send you what my, what the, why my father promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Right? To have been, been endued with power. Jesus knew we needed something more than what you and I have on our own. Jesus knew that you and I would face uh, uh, situations and, 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 and areas in our lives where we would need something bigger. Right? Because if, if we and I had everything that it takes to, 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 to drive off temptation or, or, or keep oppression or depression or doubt or fear or anxiety all on our own, we would never experience that stuff. But he knew we, we didn't. He knew he ne- we needed his ability in and through us. He knew we needed more than our own strength. Now, you probably know this by now, but Luke is the same person who penned the book of Acts. So that chapter 24 Luke statement is the last thing Jesus says there. But look at what happens in the first book of Acts, kind of like the, the continuation. He says, on one occasion, this is before, right before Jesus ascended to heaven, it says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this suggestion. Does it say suggestion? No. He gave him this what? Yeah. We don't like, I know, I know. We're Americans. We don't like that word. But in there, right? So he gave him this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. When did he say that? Luke 24, 49, right? So this is like the continuing. Can you see how clear this, this makes it in the scripture? It says, for John baptized with water, that's salvation, but... In a few days, you will be baptized with more, right? With the Holy Spirit. That's power. And then you, he's like, how do you know that's power? 
Because if you read a few verses down in verse 8, it clearly says, but you will receive what? Okay, you guys were doing great earlier. And no, don't, don't give up on me just yet, right? You'll receive what? That's right. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses, right? In your house, with your kids, at your job, right? At the store, in school, with your extended family members, right? You'll be my witnesses. So this is something that we want to understand that there's a subsequent experience to salvation, right? And this is salvation, which I guess that would be point number three, right? What, what is this more? It's, a, it's, it's the next experience in the life of a believer. It's a subsequent experience of, to salvation. Why? Because salvation, you could kind of see it this way. Salvation is the Spirit of God coming into my life, right? When you, are, when you yield your heart to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, you, are, you become a child of God and a new nature, right? The Spirit of God comes to live on the inside. Can I get one amen on that? Right? So, the salvation, you could say it this way, is for me. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for others. You could see that you would be endued with power, right? Why? Because the Spirit within is for salvation, but the Spirit upon is for service with power from heaven to make a difference in eternity. This is what makes your life here on earth capable of making waves for eternity even after you and I are no longer here. It's, this is what does it, right? You can live your life on your own, and, and, then, and, then, and then you're done, and then that was great. Hey, good job, good run, right? But you can live your life filled and led and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, and you'll end up doing some things that long after you're gone, baby, your life will be making ripples of blessing and life onto eternity. This is what God always wanted for us. Always is what he wanted for us. How do you know, Edgar? Because that's what his disciples did. We were talking and reading about stuff that happened 2,000 years ago by people who were empowered with the Holy Spirit, right? This is how I think God wants all of us as kids to live. Why? Because it is, it is, it is, it's the next experience. We, we already saw it in Acts 19, but this pattern was established on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, which you guys have already been through. And it's the same pattern that's taken place ever since that day, over and over and over again, wherever this word has been preached or taught. Right? Acts 8, for example, we see in verse 14, it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that, the, that Samaria had accepted the word of God, what does that mean? They believed in Jesus. Right? When they did that, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. So they were saved. They received the gospel. And then, and then they sent couple of their top guys to tell them about this thing that they were going to need for powerful life, right? And they do that. And look at what happens here. It says, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John place their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Listen, the only prerequisite to the power of the Holy Spirit in and through your life is you Placing your trust for eternity in Jesus. Making Him your Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that we see scripturally that's needed. But we know that something, we know that besides salvation, right, which is the most important thing, we know there's more. Why? Because we see it in Acts 2. We saw it at the beginning here in Acts 19. We just saw it in Acts 8. But look at Acts chapter 10. 
This is when Peter goes to Cornelius' house. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, he was sharing the gospel with them. Salvation was coming. It says, the Holy Spirit came on, right? Remember, spirit within for me, spirit upon for others, right? This, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message, right? Which means this is not just for them. It wasn't just for them then, it's for us today too. Now, if you've, been, if you've been in church long enough, you might have heard of different views on this topic. It's unfortunate, really, that this topic can often be a cause of so much controversy and confusion. It, it's actually really sad. And on that particular note, I have to say to the devil, wow, dude, you got us. Good job on that one. You got us there. Why? Because as long as we're confused and debating this topic, we are not walking in it. Right? We're not walking in the power that the, that the church is. Because some people would say, hey, that's not for us today. Well, it says here that the Spirit came on all who heard the message. Have you heard the message? Well, you're eligible. Right? You're eligible. It says that the circumcised, in other words, the Jewish, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural power, had been poured even on the Gentiles, right? For they heard them speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, whenever you get to a scripture like this, or Acts 19, where they spoke in tongues, I often get this question where, like, Edgar, I don't know, man. Like, that's weird. And I'll grant you that. It is. It is, right? But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit's not weird, some people are. That's what happens. And then they just give the Holy Spirit, who's, who's my best friend, hopefully yours too, they give him a bad name, right? But they're like, man, Edgar, this is tough for me. Wait, do, do I have to speak in tongues? To which I will always say, no, you don't. You don't have to. You get to. You get to have this great benefit of power for your life and through your life for others. That's, that's clear. Now, somebody said, well, man, why would I want that? Why, why would I want to do that? To which, that's a natural question. Look, I didn't grow up in this. I had these questions. I'm just sharing stuff with you that I asked myself. Like, what is that all about? Right? To which I would say, if you're a note taker, why would we want this? Number one, it's because it's a benefit reserved for New Testament believers. This was not available for anybody before Jesus. Nobody before Jesus, and, and, and as a whole, got to experience this the way we get to experience. Even David and, and, and the prophets and the kings, they would get it. They would have this, this ability for spurts and moments. But he didn't get to live in them the way he does now in us, right? Back in the day, it was only prophets, kings, and priests who would even experience this, this opportunity to be the hand and power and, 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 and feet of Jesus on the earth, of God on the earth, and do things and see things that only they could do, that was only reserved for them. When Jesus comes, dies for you and for me, and then goes back up to heaven, victorious, by the way, over sin, hell, and death, right? He sends His Holy Spirit, Acts 2, you've been through this, right? And then He says, this is available for every one of you now. Like, you can have this. You don't have to, but you get to. Right? This is reserved for us. It's been, it's been said that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the gateway to all the gifts of the Spirit operating in our lives. So, so why would I want that? This is one reason. Number two, if you need another one, right? It's a means of spiritual edification or strengthening. Look, you and I live in a world that as soon as we walk out of here, this week we're going to face stuff. 
Right? Anybody else live in this world with me? We face stuff. Particularly some people. <laughs> right? It's like, ah, oh, and they can drain us. Situations and, and, and relationships can drain you sometimes of the things that you get when you're here, maybe in worship, or Wednesday night you come to seek, and, and man, you're going to leave like, whoa! And then you go do life, and you're like, oh, what's up? And we need to be strengthened. I would say to you that the infilling of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, it's to your spirit, man, what going to the gym is to your body. It'll strengthen you. First Corinthians tells us this, and it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understand, understands them. They, they utter or speak or pray mysteries in the Spirit. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But they speak what? Mysteries. All right. It says, but, one who, but the one who, who prophesies speaks to the, for, for, the, for the strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves. This is the, the wisest thing you can do for your spiritual walk. Right? That word edifies is the Greek word oikodomio, which means to charge or recharge. Like when you, when you go sometimes, you know, at night, and you get home or you get somewhere... And you were like, oh, okay, I, I got to look for that thing. And you turn the dome light in your car. And then you forget about it and leave. And then you go to work the next morning and your battery is dead. You know what that, you know what that battery needs? It needs to be edified. Yeah, that's the same word you would use to charge up your battery in your car. It's the same Greek word that this is telling us that we need to do to our spiritual walk. And this is what life in the spirit is all about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a recharging of your spirit, of your spirit, to be able to do the or make the impact that God made made you to make in this world. You guys did some of that yesterday. Hundred hundred of you did that yesterday, right? But what if we went into every area of our lives? Every one of us at Radiant. What if we went to every area of our lives? Every, every school we're connected with, every relationship we're connected with, and we brought that power into it. What would happen? What would happen in Bay City? Right? What if? <laughs> so this is what God's always wanted. So we need that. Number three, why would we want that? Because it's hel- it helps us pray in line with God's perfect will. It, I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit is the helper, right? And the fact that you and I can pray the perfect prayer, man, that blows my mind. But we can we can absolutely do that. Romans 8.26 says that in the same way, the Spirit helps us. Man, thank you, Holy Spirit. It says, He helps us in our weakness. We, don't, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Another translation, the ESV says, groanings too deep for words, right? And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. You can pray the perfect prayer. And it might not even be English. <laughs> right? This is, this, this is powerful. Why would we want that? If you're a note taker, number four, you would want it. Because it anchors our life. To, it, it, it anchors us to live, to, to a life lived in God's love. Now this, this the world needs. I'll tell you what. This your marriage needs. This your kids need. This you want to do. The love of God is the key. It's the way to victory. And it is the key to success, 
successful in life-giving relationships. You know, your life is as good as the, as, as the health and condition of your relationships. Can I get an amen on that? However, no matter what happens in the economy, however your relationships are today, that's how good you would consider your life to be. So what if? What if the power of God becomes the anchor in your life to the love of God, and then that love comes into every one of your relationships? What could happen to your life? It will just shoot up, right? Look at Jude 20 and 21 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, why well, we want that, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. This is the key. Look, when the Holy Spirit is in control of our life, right? Like, like our thoughts, our emotions. How many, knew, how many of you be honest with me for just, just an honest moment? I mean, you're in church, to be honest anyway. But, but you've had moments where the Holy Spirit was not in control of your thoughts, your emotions, or your words. You don't have to say it out loud. But if you can rethink with me, those of you honest souls who lifted up your hand with me, right? How did that work out? Right? I know. I've been there, right? It doesn't always look pretty when that. So what if? What if the Holy Spirit was the anchor to our lives, like our emotions and our thoughts and, and, and man, our action, our reactions, to the love of God. What would happen to our relationships? What would happen to our friendships and our marriages? I mean, even your in-laws. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it could work. <laughs> I'm kidding. That didn't go over as good as I thought it would. But I love my in-laws. I actually have really good in-laws. I love them. But, but why would we want that? Because we want, we want to better the condition of, our, of what we experience. And that will help our relationships. Number five we want this because it enables us, enables us to pray for the unknown. And at times, listen, Radiant, we all need this. We all need to pray for stuff that we ne don't necessarily know up here what we should pray for, right? We read earlier, remember I told you we'd get back to this? We read earlier in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14 that when we, he who speaks in tongues or prays in tongues, right, prays out mysteries. Well, they're mysteries to us, but they're not mysteries to God. They originated with God. And, and I remember when I first learned these principles I'm sharing with you today, I tell you what, I was like, so, so I didn't grow up with this. I didn't, I didn't grow up knowing this. I was not in a church like Radiant when, when, when I was first a believer, so I didn't have this. But then I went to school, I, I was in Bible college in Tulsa, Oklahoma, like the buckle of the Bible belt. It's so funny. But um, so, so we were there, and I'm, I'm learning this stuff, and I'm like, wow, this is cool. Wow, this, really? We can do that? Wow, God, you're amazing. And then one night... I remember waking up, and, and so my family, I, grew, I, I, I was, we, were, we lived in, in Los Angeles, California, is where I kind of grew up, and, uh, and I remember my, my uncle, my mom's brother, he's a professional driver, and one day, one night, really, I just, I just had him in my heart. I don't know if that, it's ever happened to you. You get somebody in your heart, just like, huh, and it wasn't one of those like, oh, God, I'm so thankful for my uncle. He's been so cool. No, no, it was more like, I wonder if he's okay. Anybody? Anybody? See, you've had that. We need this stuff. So I was like, man, what? So I prayed what I knew to pray in my, in my, in my intellect, right? In my brain. My mind's like, oh, God, well, just keep him safe, Lord. And, you know, like, I did what I knew. But there were things I didn't know. And so I just said, wait, I can pray out the mysteries. So I just began to speak 
in the spirit and just pray for him in the spirit for a little while until I, until I had peace in my heart. Until I was like, oh, okay. And then I went back to sleep. Well, a few days later, see back then, this is, here, here you go. This is the reason why this is white. This is before cell phones, right? <laughs> this, this, this happened before cell phones were available. And if they were, you had to carry a backpack with them. And anyway, just, you had to Google it. It was crazy. And, and, and it was too expensive for me anyway as a student. But, but uh, so I, I talked to my uncle and, and, and I said, hey, man, how you doing? I was like, are you good? How, how are things been? He's like, oh, no, I'm great. And he's like, I'm just thanking God. I'm like, why? What happened? He's like, well, a few days ago. Yeah. He's like, I was, I was in this situation and, 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 and it wasn't my fault, but somebody had some, something happened. And I was part of this situation where, man. If this hadn't happened and this tree hadn't been there, I'd probably be dead right now. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, hey, what time was that? And then he told me the time it was in California. I did the math. I was like, shut up. This stuff works. Like, this is really cool. I want this in my life. And you know what? Some of you have loved ones that are out of the city, out of state. Some of you have kids that are going to go into college. You want to know how to pray for them? Boom, right here. It works. It really, really does, right? And so why would we want that? I'm just telling you a few reasons. And one last one I'll give you. There's more, but I'll give you this one more, right? That thing really kind of just puts it all, puts it all in perspective. It's because I want everything God wants for me. Honestly, this should be reason enough. I give you the other five because I think you need some scripture. But, 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 but look, if God has anything else for me that I don't yet have, I want it. If there's anything else of God that I can or should experience, I want it. I want to experience it. I want to live it now. I'm not going to need it when I get to heaven. I need it now, Right? So if there's anything more that God has for me, man, I want it. And this is where Acts 238-39 says, Later Peter replied, and this is, Peter is responding to some people who who've been realized they crucified Jesus. They're like, we messed up. What do we do now? And he says, repent and be baptized. Somebody say salvation. But there is more. See, be, be, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. That's salvation. Yes? Yes? No, yes. All right, good. It says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, the promise is for you and your children. And, one more time. And for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. This is how I know that this was not just for a few years available at the beginning of the church season. This is how we know that this was meant to be for us in 2022 as well, right? We have scripture for this. The question is not, does God have more for us? The question really is, Radiant, do you want the more? That's the question. It's not whether God wants to give us more power to resist certain things in our lives that causes destruction or that mess up our relationships, right? Or that bring on oppression or depression into us. The question is not, does God want to give me the ability to say no to the right things and say yes to the right things so that my life will make a difference in eternity? That's not the question. The question is, do I want that more to be able to do that and live that way while I'm on earth? That's the real question. 
Do you want the more? To which, if your answer would be yes, I'd have a few things that I would, I would leave you with today. I would say, what you need to do if you want the more is you need to remove the barriers. You say, Edgar, what do we do? I, I want it. I'm, I'm here. This is what, maybe you are like me. Maybe you are like me when, when, when I was younger and I was just starting to hear about this. And, and maybe this is the, maybe this is for you, like my, Church 28 years ago was for me when I first started hearing about these things. You're like, well, what do I do? Number one, remove the barriers. Like what? Like sin or unforgiveness or doctrinal hangups, right? If you unfortunately maybe grew up in an environment where they told you, man, this is not for today or this is not of God. Look, I've tried today to give you plenty of biblical text in context to let you know this is for us today. There is more, baby. Right? So remove the barriers. Anything that would hinder your fellowship with Jesus, just remove it. As a matter of fact, as I'm finishing up right now, you take a moment in your own heart and begin to say, God, I remove this. I forgive so-and-so. I ask you to forgive me for whatever. God, if I sometimes, if at some point I believe that there wasn't, today I see in your word that there is more. I'm sorry for believing that. Now I see your word, God. I'm removing the barriers. Whatever it is between you and God, you begin to do it. You, you can do it right now, whether you're here or you're online. You can, do, you can do that right now. Next, request it. Request the Holy Spirit. Right? Remove the barriers. Once you know it's for you, then just ask. Why? Because Jesus said so. Jesus said to do that. In Luke 11, 11, the Bible says, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish... We'll give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Which, it's a rhetorical question because the answer would be, nobody. Duh. Nobody would do that. I mean, if, if you're a halfway decent parent, you would do that. Right? Just, then if you then, though you are evil, and he doesn't mean that you're the devil. He just means you're imperfect. Right? You're, you're not God. Right? If you are not God, if you're imperfect, you know how to give God good gifts to your kids how much more how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him listen you ask for the Holy Spirit you're going to get nothing weird you get the Holy Spirit and I want to repeat this he is not weird some people sometimes are he is not he is my best friend he is your best friend too. If you'll have him, he'll lead you through life in a way that nothing can and no one can. So number three, what do we do if you want, if you think this is for you? Once you remove the barriers and you ask, just receive him. Receive him. Don't, look, I am all about understanding and studying scripture. I'm all about, honestly, when it comes to Jesus, can I just say this? Yes, we have to have faith, but because of science, right? Scripture's not an enmity with science. You know that, right? Because of science, because of history, because of archaeologists, because of historians, you almost don't even need a leap of faith to believe in Jesus. You really don't. You just need a couple of brain cells connecting and then looking at the evidence. It's the year 2022 for a reason. It's not the year 500 million in 22. Something happened 2022 years ago that changed everything. 
Well, historians and archaeologists outside the Bible tell us what happened. His name is Jesus. Right? You almost don't need faith. You could just look at the evidence in history. Evidence that could be written by people who are atheists. You can look at that and like, oh, he's real. And this is one of those, so I'm all about that. I'm all about you analyzing and studying. I'm all about the, us doing that as children of God. But this is one area that I would encourage you, don't try to figure this one out with your intellect first. Just reach out by faith and receive what God has, give, has to give us as a good gift to those who believe, ask, and receive. Your life will never be the same again. I remember I, I was doing the math this morning before coming. It's like, oh, when did this happen for me, right? Because I was praying. I was like, God, do this. Do what you've done in my life, man. It's been so good. Do it for somebody at Radiant and Bay City. And I was doing the math, and it was 28 years ago. I was serving in the Air Force. I was in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico, right? Because that's where they keep all the good stuff. And um, they do. <laughs> and I, I attended a church off base, right? Somebody invited me to a church. It was much like Radiant. It was life-giving, and it was, man, I was learning stuff I'd never heard before. I was like these people in Ephesus, like, man, I never even heard about this stuff. But, but I was there for like six months. And, and back then, this, this church, you'd appreciate Radiant Style so much. <laughs> because the church I went to, man, they, at the end of every service, they make you stand up and come forward if you wanted anything from God, which was sometimes very embarrassing, but, but this is how we did, right? So you're welcome. We're not doing that today. So, <laughs> but, but every time my pastor would ask, This pastor, by the way, ended up being my best man at my, at my wedding. And, and, and he would ask, hey, if you, if you want to know Jesus, if you've fallen off the wagon and you want to come back to Jesus, or if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, every single time we came together, he would invite people to come forward for that, right? And about six months into this experience for me in this church, and after a couple of times that, thankfully, my pastor had taken me to Subway, And sat there with his Bible and opened these scriptures up and said, look, this is what... Because the first time I saw that, I was like, what is this? Right? But by God's grace, I stuck around. And then my pastor discipled me with this stuff. And it's the best thing there. Listen, next to me, receiving God's grace of salvation through Jesus. This right here is the best thing that has ever happened. In my Christian walk. And right after that, I was marrying my wife, Erin. Right? Who happens to also be my girlfriend. And, and, and so, but listen, it changed my life forever. And, and my, my heart today would be that, man, if you're here and you're anything like I was 20 years ago. I was a Christian, but I had a real tough time defeating temptation. I had a real tough time defeating doubt. I had a real tough time defeating some thoughts of fear and anxiety. And if you were anything like I was back then, let me tell you what happened to me after that day. It, 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 all, it all changed. Now I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I still have a lot of areas I need to work in, okay? Ask Erica, she'll tell you. But just like Peter before the Holy Spirit denied Jesus three times, and after the Holy Spirit, he stood up in the crowd and preached, and 3,000 men be became Christians, just like that, It happened to me. It, boldness came. All of a sudden, the Bible, it started making sense. All of a sudden, prayer wasn't this dry thing. It was like, oh, man, I'm talking to the God of the universe. Wow. 
and it became real. And some of you are here today, and it's something you do, but it's something you just do because you know it's right. And that's not bad. That's a good place to be and start. Lorena, can I tell you, there is more. There is more. This thing can become so real to you. The power of this can become so real through you. You'll never want to live any other way again. So what do you do? You remove the barriers. You request the Holy Spirit. You receive Him. And then you just release your faith. You pray out loud. And you try to not do it in English or any other language you might know. And you just trust that whatever's going to come out is not you. But it's God working in and through you to bring you freedom and power like you've never known before. It is the presence of His Spirit in your life. Right there where we are, would you stand with me? I'm going to close today. God, I just thank you so much for how good you are. And I thank you that when you, when you saw us in deep darkness, you sent Jesus to die for us and save us. Jesus, thank you that you didn't say no, but you, you took our place at Calvary's cross. You took our pain and death and you gave us your hope and your life. And today we're so grateful for that. As we continue to pray, some of you might need to just make that one step right now. If you're in here today and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or if you've known about God but you've not known him personally, this is where I would encourage you to say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I ask you to forgive me for living away from you in any way. And I ask you now to be not just my Savior, but my Lord. I want to live for you, not for me. If you're here today, and you need to make that step. That's the one thing you need to do before that there is more. So you do that in your heart. And as you guys do that, so I continue to pray and say, God, thank you that when Jesus left this earth, you did not leave us alone or powerless. God, a few days later, you sent the Holy Spirit to earth to lead us and guide us, to help us, to empower us for the life that you meant for each and every one of us. God, you knew that 2,022 years later, we'd be in this place and in this moment with an opportunity to say yes to your invitation for more. Radiant, if you're here right now and you say, maybe you are in the place like the Ephesians were. Man, I had not, I had not heard about this stuff before. But you have now. And you say, hey, I want it. Right where you're at. Right now. As a matter of fact, we can all do it so nobody feels alone. If you would just do this with me, just maybe turn your palms to heaven. Like if you're going to receive a gift from God, because you are. Some of you are. And just to say this out loud with me. Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for coming into my life. And thank you for making more available to me today. I want what you have to offer. I want your fire and your power in my life. You said to ask, so I'm asking. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive it now by faith. And I thank you. And I'll be able to pray 
in my natural language and in your heavenly language with freedom and purpose. Pray and be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can we give glory to God for what he's done right now? And I know you're standing for a minute, but let me just tell you what happened to me. One night after, after I went up front with my pastor, <laughs> two ladies came up with me. And, 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 and men, truth is, not all of us, but man, ladies, you're more sensitive to things of the Spirit. I'm just going to own it right here, right now, on behalf of most men. Some men are very sensitive, but most of us, ladies, you have us, okay? You, you do. God bless you for that. So I go up there. And uh, there's two ladies, one on each side of me. So my pastor does what we read about. And he, he lays hands on one, right? The one on my side. So I'm like this. I'm like looking to see what happens. And she starts just praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. I'm like, wow. I'm like, cool. And I'm thinking, I'm next, right? I'm next. <laughs> well, my pastor jumps over me. I think he knew what was up. And, and so he prays for this lady on this side. And boom, she starts speaking in the Spirit. I'm like, whoa. Uh, it's coming, Right? And I knew nothing. I knew nothing of what I, what I was telling you today. I, was, I knew very little what I was telling you today. And then he comes and he prays for me. And I had a sense that overwhelmed me like nothing ever had. See, I didn't grow up in this stuff. And that sense overwhelmed me so much. Even physically, I felt like, whoa, what's happening to me? So what happened? I'm so spiritual. I got scared. I opened my eyes. I put my foot back. I'm like, whoa, what was that? Nothing happened. I didn't pray in tongues that day. But my pastor... I love him. He's so wise. He looked at me and said, Edgar, don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you that dude, you didn't get what God said you would get if you asked. You have it. Go home and just keep, don't, he said, you don't even ask again. Just keep thanking God that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and power. And I went home. I got to be honest. I was a little bummed out. All right. I'm like, man. And, and the enemy would not lose an opportunity to tell me, see, you are no good for this Christian thing. You don't have what it takes. You didn't get it. Those two ladies right away, you didn't get it. Of course, he doesn't lose an opportunity. But the Tuesday after that Sunday night, in, the, in my own room, in the barracks, man, a flow started coming out that filled my life with peace and worship. And it's not stopped doing it since, baby. And I just pray you do the same today and always. And if you like prayer, listen, be here on Wednesday because it's going to be so good, right? But if you want prayer right now, especially in line with what we just talked about, man, the prayer team is right here. My wife and I are here. We'd love to pray for you. Lay hands on you if that's something you'd like to do. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, Radiant. Stay bright and salty. God bless you.